Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. On Tuesday, BC's Coroner Service made recommendations about how to prevent deaths caused by extreme heat. Last summer, 619 people died in the province. It was the deadliest weather event in Canada's history. You probably remember hearing about the BC heat dome. Temperatures reached over 40 degrees and stayed high for days. And because of climate change, this kind of extreme heat will happen in places across the country a lot more often. In BC last year, 98% of those who died because of the heat were inside. And that has many people wondering, how do we make our buildings safer? Just as now there's a law that says you can't have the heat below such and such in an apartment building, that there should also be a maximum that a landlord would be penalized if the heat inside a building was too much. Francis Beulah lives in Vancouver and has been reporting on urban issues in the province for almost three decades. She's a frequent Globe contributor. She's on the show to tell us what's being recommended to cool BC's buildings, how exactly that could work, and what the rest of Canada can learn from it all. This is The Decibel. Francis, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no, this is uh, exciting. I think this is uh, the first time I've, well, no, no, I've, other people have interviewed me and done podcasts, but I, first time kind of like this. First time on the decibel. Yeah. So Francis, you live in BC, in Vancouver, and, and you were there last year during the heat dome. What What was it like last summer? You know, in Vancouver, we're just not used to really warm temperatures. And especially in the last week of June, it's very unusual. And it was very odd because, uh, and this is something that people really noticed uh, when this was happening in the first few days, the air absolutely wasn't moving. Hmm. So it was like you had a big, heavy duvet on you that you couldn't move. And I'll never forget like the fourth or fifth night when I could feel like the smallest little breeze and I thought oh my gosh you know at last some relief Mm. so yeah very very hot and if you walked in a street with no trees it was just stifling uh, compared to say my street which was quite shaded. Wow so the BC Coroner Service just released a report now on on how to prevent heat-related deaths um, because a lot of people actually died during this heat this heat wave. Over six hundred people died mm-hmm. there, um, and this report offered a number of recommendations, including advice around improving buildings in particular. Why do buildings play such an important role here? Oh, it's huge. Uh, And uh, when I was talking to people yesterday, I was reminded of all the different aspects of buildings that play a role, including even just the materials or the pavers outside. Um, You know, some people talked about how just the type of pavers they had in their yard was producing like really extreme heat. You know, certain materials absorb heat and then that heats up the whole building Concrete is really bad for that. Um, The color, black absorbs heat, white reflects it. And so I've been writing for years about the urban heat island effect, 
the actual weather over large cities changes because they produce so much heat that they change in in essence the environment. So uh, Vancouver, for example, has uh, now much more violent thunderstorms and rainstorms than it used to have um, because it's a heat island. And part of that is that people talk about is, for example, black roofs. If you have this sea of black roofs, again, they're Mm -hmm. absorbing heat. They're creating this incredible heat island uh, in this urban area. What what were the recommendations specifically out of the BC coroner's report, specifically around improving buildings then? So the specific recommendation was that the BC Building Code um, be updated so that by 2024, there's a requirement that every new um, building have some kind of cooling mechanism And everyone thinks that means only air conditioning, but actually there's another technology Mm. called heat pumps that both heat and cool. Mm. And heat pumps, what what would that be? So it's magic. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Heat pumps use refrigeration type technology to be able to draw heat in either from in the ground, like really big buildings, they'll do geothermal and they'll have pipes in the ground that will absorb heat from the ground and bring it into the house. They're essentially act as heat exchangers. Another way to cool a building, of course, is is air conditioning. What about the cost difference, Francis? Like in in terms of putting in an air conditioning versus putting in a heat pump, is is there a big difference there? Yeah, there is. Um, Heat pumps are definitely more expensive. And it it really depends on the type of system, whether you decide to dig, uh, put pipes into the ground or do something else. But it's definitely more expensive than a natural gas furnace plus an air conditioning unit. Hmm, okay. Some people have talked about uh, the right the right to AC. So, we, you know, we can't leave people in homes when it's too cold, when there's no heat. And the argument kind of goes the same way, that if it's too hot, that's that's not good either. What have experts told you about this? Should should people have a, a right to AC or, or some form of cooling there? I'm, I mean, I've seen um, some chatter that um, just as now there's a law that says you can't have the heat below such and such in an apartment building, that there should also be a maximum that a landlord would be penalized if the heat inside a building was too much. Um, I haven't seen a lot of that kind of talk out here in Vancouver. And again, I'd have to say this is very new for Vancouver. Like extreme heat, it's just not something that people typically think about a lot here. So, I mean, there is this report that's recommending changes, something like establishing maximum heat limits, just the beginning of a conversation here, I would say. Hmm. Uh, Another part of the recommendations were all about not air conditioners and heat pumps, but about land use trees, green space, urban canopy, and things like that. Um, Because as I was saying earlier, cities create heat islands. And you can try cooling down every house within the heat island. But you know, a, a more effective, more efficient way is to try to cool your city down by using different building materials, um, by providing good tree canopy that shades your city. 
And even thinking about the way you stagger the building heights, like um, Alex Boston from Renewable Cities at SFU was saying yesterday, like it's been shown that if you have buildings of different heights, you can create micro breezes through them. Does that actually make such a difference then? If we're talking about something like urban canopy or like building heights, like, or is this really a tangible enough difference to, to, to make an impact in a city? I mean, it's one of the four recommendations in the report, more tree canopy. And um, what researchers have told me is that um, having trees on a street can reduce the temperature by 10 to 15 uh, degrees Celsius. That's very dramatic. That's a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I felt it when I was here. I would go over to Broadway, which has no trees and um, just concrete. And it's a six lane road with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a mixed group of commercial buildings, but very concrete. And it was unbearable. And then I'd walk one block over to my street that's completely, you know, has this beautiful, you know, arching chestnut trees that completely cover the street. And the difference... In, in just a block was incredible. So municipalities kind of issue statistics on their level of tree canopy, uh, you know, every few years. Uh, in Vancouver, it's currently 23%, and they're aiming to get to 30% by uh, 2050. So sorry, that's the percentage of the city then that's covered by tree canopy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the researchers have told me is that you know, you can't really achieve the same effect with bushes or a few things growing on the tops of, you know, condo buildings. People love putting, you know, small bits of greenery on the top of condo buildings. It needs to be a big mature tree that has a huge canopy, you know, with a diameter of over so many centimeters um, before it becomes really effective as this sort of urban air conditioning natural mechanism. Almost 70% of the deaths from, from last year's heat dome were actually were older people, were people over the age of 70. Um, and most elderly people in Canada live in a house or an apartment as opposed to a, a senior center or something like that. What's being done about homes that have been built years ago, older homes, and, and are not equipped to deal with extreme heat? Right. So that is one of the issues. Like in some ways, uh, one of the things I wondered about is why so much effort on you know, putting in one more upgrade in new buildings where actually, you know, the developers have already been putting in, you know, air cooling um, things. They've, you know, thought about that. Why not devote more of the energy to, as you say, older homes like mine? I don't, you know, I don't have air conditioning. It's only got single pane windows, so it leaks air everywhere. So I guess that's a form of cooling. But um there is a program for, you know, helping people out with what they call retrofitting. Mm. But one of the realities, and I'm sure you saw this from the report, many of the people who died were probably in older homes that they rent. Or if they own, they don't have the money. You know, they're not going to go hunting around for some government rebate program that still requires them to lay out a lot of money. And if they're renting, they have to leave it up to their landlords who may also be in a similar um, position of, oh, that's a lot of money to spend and everything seems fine. So I'll just keep going the way I am. So I really do wonder about 
the retrofitting of some of those older homes because there wasn't a huge emphasis. It was really on new building, which is actually pretty good. So I guess when we're talking about all this, we come back often to the issue of space, though, right? Vancouver has a housing crisis. Urban centers, there's always a fight to build more more space for people to live, more buildings. How do we kind of reconcile these things? That is a really good question because the Vancouver Park Board people that I talked to for this story, they said, you know, that's their goal is to improve the tree canopy, but they said it's really hard. We have a city where people are putting in laneways in their backyards, um, new multifamily that's going in is being built right to the lot line. Um, every sort of square meter of land in Vancouver somebody wants for parking, for bike stands, for cars, for pedestrians, for, you know, building homes and businesses. So they said it's been difficult for them to figure out how they're going to do this. Um, And they're looking at things like expanding parks by taking over roads on either side of them, just shutting down the road so they can expand the park. They're um, they're looking at ways to get more trees onto um, the streets where there aren't any. And I have to say Vancouver's been planting for a very long time, you know, trying, especially the east side of the city, tended to have not as many trees on the little, you know, sidewalk boulevards, and um, they've done a lot of planting there. Uh, They're looking at different kinds of trees that they could bring in, that they can plant, um, that can survive sort of difficult street conditions, because, you know, the problem with if you want large trees, you usually need a lot of soil and good conditions for those trees to be able to get large. So they're they're looking at species that they could bring in that are maybe going to thrive a bit better when they're surrounded by pavement and 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 so on. So hmm. now we've been focused a lot on on urban BC here, but of, of course it's not the only place where people have have died from extreme heat. Uh, mm-hmm. In in France in 2003, more than 15,000 people died because of heat. Montreal, Quebec, um, over mm-hmm. 60 deaths in, in 2018 as well. These tragedies tend to happen in in cities. Is Is this only an urban issue, though? I mean, some of the hottest places in B.C. were not in Vancouver. They were Lytton and various cities um, in the Fraser Canyon. Uh, And obviously that produces a whole other set of problems, like having the entire town burned down in 20 minutes, which is what Mm -hmm. happened in Lytton. But also in suburban areas, um, big subdivisions get built by having someone go in and cut every last thing down, pave half of it, put up some big houses. And those places also, you know, can become very hot because they don't have any mature trees around. Hmm. But as you're saying, I guess, I mean, the structure of our, our cities where there's these big built urban environments, a lot of asphalt, a lot of a lot of concrete seems to really kind of create these these places where it's more likely to have the kind of extreme heat situations then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we haven't addressed, but that people keep bringing back, and it isn't addressed in any of the recommendations that I could see, 
But the report talked a lot about how social isolation is a factor because many of the people who died were on their own. They didn't have good social connections. They weren't reading the news where it was mm -hmm. warning them that there was, you know, a major heat wave and here's how you, you know, should deal with it. They didn't have anyone checking on them um, to see how they were doing. Uh, and so that's a factor, too. Um, and it's a very intangible one. I think it's why people are love just gravitating to the air conditioners and the fans as, as the solution, because that seems easy. Mm. We'll bring in an air conditioner and the problem is solved. The problem of social isolation is much more amorphous and hard to figure out. How are we going to fix that? It's not going to be with a metal box that you attach to the house. Hmm. Francis, thank you so much for, for speaking with me today. Yeah. Oh, no, this is an interesting topic, I find. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you stay cool. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's very cool here now. That's it for today. I'm Nainika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.